The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode eight, where we chat with Christine. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so, Christine, who are you? I am a white, queer, bisexual, um, cisgendered woman um, that recently moved to Milwaukee and polyamorous. All right. Um, So what drew you to polyamory? Um, So, uh, let's see. I was polyamorous before I knew what polyamory was. <laughs> and um, so as far as being drawn to it, it was more of a, like, finding out what it was, reading a couple different books, and going, oh, that's what's happening in my life. And just really being validated. Um, I read both uh, Sex at Dawn and Ethical Slut in the same summer and back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And it was just this whole couple of months of, like, exploring what that meant for me and like I said validation um and was really really wonderful and so um yeah I don't think it was a uh, uh, knowing what it was and then going towards it it was like 
always being there and then knowing what that was, finding out kind of the, the words and the definitions. Mm-hmm. Speaking of definition, what do you consider poly? Like, what does that mean to you? So polyamory for me um, really has to do with just being open to the people that come into my life and letting that relationship be whatever it's going to be and being open to what that's going to look like and not having a preset notion of where it's going to go or how it has to look because those are the, that's the thing that I love about life is meeting people and um, that doesn't happen super often for me for there to be that kind of connection and so when it happens it's really really important to me um, and just brings a lot of meaning to my life. Um, Is there anything that you find difficult about poly? Yeah so I mean there's a a lot of emotions that happen in, in polyamorous relationships and I am a person that really tries to consider all of my people whenever I'm making a decision or doing something or um, even just having a conversation. If I state something a certain way, I'll probably be thinking three steps ahead of like, how is that going to impact that person? Is there a better way for me to phrase it? Or if I put something out there and maybe they don't respond immediately and I'm like, oh no, I need to like quantify this somehow so that they, you know, I'm always like considering everybody else's emotions um, and not always just my own. Um, And then obviously as my other partners have emotions and responses to life events and also as jealousy arises and working through all of that, um, that's probably been the the hardest aspect I think is, is just trying to work through all of those pieces and figuring out the best way to do that. All right. So when did you know you were Polly? Um... So I, I think, let's see, because the next, there, there's another question about like, when, when was things like, when did you feel different? So I mm-hmm. think those are, which is yeah. good because that, those are two very different if things. If you want to tackle those at the same time. I think, I think I will. Yeah. Time. I would say, I think they're kind of like, they're, they're very enmeshed for me. Um, so yeah, I'm going to answer the, the, when did, where you, did things feel different sure, first? Yeah. When did you feel that you were different? Yeah. Um, so from a very young age, actually, um, definitely when I was a teenager and starting to date, um, I remember having different boyfriends and them, I don't know, being upset about something. I can't even, who knows what it even was. And I just always remember approaching it like that is so minuscule. Like that's mm. so small in the grand scheme of things. And so I just didn't even respond to a lot of like cues the same way of like, why would you be upset that I was talking to this other person? Like I'm friends with this other person and just things that I think, um, a lot of my peers were seeing as, I mean, now I could look back and I'd be like, Oh, that they're being very possessive or, you know, that type of behavior. Um, and I just didn't get it. Like I, I would, act in a way and I just didn't think that oh my this you know person that I'm dating would be upset by this mm-hmm. um and then even like um later on in my teen years when I met my um who is now my husband when I, we met I remember we had a lot of different conversations about the fact that we were so young when we were meeting and we had the sense that like, yep, you're the person I want to be with long-term and that would be great. 
but we're really young and we're gonna meet other people that we like and we're gonna be attracted to other people. I wish I was meeting you later in life. Like I wish that I could be, you know, with other people and experience life in that way. And we didn't wanna hold each other back from that. Um, and so there were, you know, different crushes through college and things like that. And so we talked through it and we worked through it. Uh, and I just now wish that we'd had more of a, of a structure and understanding that we could have done those two things, that those were not mutually exclusive, um, that we didn't have to torture ourselves in dealing with like running into other people that we were attracted to and how do we handle being young and knowing, you know, meeting young and still wanting to experience life and dating and um, still then continuing our relationship. So we didn't really have an idea of how to do those at the same time. So, um, yeah, that was going on for, like I said, so a lot of those things were happening for a, at, a, at a young age. And then, like I said, that summer that I, you know, started reading those couple of books because I was very into or, and am into um, psychology of human sexuality. So when I was in grad school, found those books just through some of the blogs that I was following and a couple of different professors that I was following and those were recommended and that was when it clicked, right? It was like, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not weird <laughs> trying to throw out, you know, all the social norms out the window. Um, and other people are doing this and doing this well. And this is not um, a problem that needs to be fixed. I think that was a big part of it was finding out that, like, I didn't have to be fixed and I wasn't wrong or broken. Um, and so that, so that was about mm, six years ago that that would have happened. That's fantastic. Oh, happy story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where would you say that you are on your poly journey? Oh, um, right now is a very interesting time. Um, so uh, the man that I referenced earlier that we met very young um, and got married, um, we are now navigating... Um, uh, separating legally. And so that has been really interesting because we still live together. Uh, and so we still see each other dating other people. And that's been, you know, the, as we have been for you know years and still being in the same space. Um, so I think a lot of the things that we've gotten from being Open, openly polyamorous and the communication that we've had um, has helped us a lot in navigating this and navigating it um, uh, amicably, as amicably as possible, mm -hmm. and still caring for each other because we've been in each other's lives for so long and we've known each other for so long and really being able to work and separating out um, sexual aspects from romantic aspects from friendship and how do we care for each other as friends still as we go through this and um so that's probably the biggest chunk of like what's happening in my poly journey right now um my polycule has also gotten a lot larger than it used to be um which i think is just partially a byproduct of recently moving to a larger city and having a bigger community anyway um before this where i was living before we were like the token poly triad in the tri-state area. <laughs> it wasn't even like just within our community, like our small community. It was like we were in a fairly rural space. And 
so now being uh, in Milwaukee and just having a much larger community and having other poly friends, which is great and amazing, um, also means that then anybody that we're dating, right, like if they're within the poly community, then now we have this larger extension that wouldn't have happened previously. Mm-hmm. So that part has been really, really wonderful and great. And I, we've, I've gotten a lot of wonderful, wonderful support um, from the community, and that's been huge in my poly journey. So where do you um, hope your poly journey to go in the future? I would say the focus being always on communication and that that just continues to get better. Um, my current part, uh, partner, um, my nest, my current nesting partner, she's wonderful. And so I want her to continue to be in my life and that, um, and she's also polyamorous. And so um, her and I just continuing to navigate all of our relationships both between the two of us but also anybody else that we bring into our lives um and doing that well Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and continuing to build community and relationships and friendships with other poly people it really gosh it makes such a big difference um and this is something I'll, i'll talk about a little later um but having other people in your life that get it when you're talking about you know issues or things when you're talking about your different partners and like things that are just normal relationship things that if you only had one partner you could talk to anybody about and there's usually not an issue where they're not going to look at it in a different way of oh but that's like your third partner so why is that a problem or why is that bothering you or something along the problem is always well if you weren't poly it wouldn't be a problem it's like no it absolutely would be yes exactly exactly so um, why would you say that you were poly? It fits. <laughs> I don't know what else, um, how else to describe it other than it's just something that's always been innate to me. And so it's, I guess it comes back to, again, like, I don't feel like I chose poly. Polyamory chose me. Like, this was just something that has always been a part of who I am. And um, now that I've had a chance to really experience it and be open to it and um live it and live my life um much more authentically than I always did before um before there was a lot of guilt and I you know thought I was always the bad person in the relationship I was always the one that was screwing up I was always the one that was um doing things wrong and being able to let go of that has been huge that's awesome. Yeah. And why did you agree to be interviewed today? Um, because I think this is great. <laughs> um, I uh, love podcasts generally. And so I there, I know there are other poly podcasts out there. Um, but anytime that there's more representation, because again, like, you know, not having access to the information or the resources or just not even knowing that that polyamory was out there when I was younger, um, had I known, it would have saved me a lot of hurt and a lot of heartache. And so I think anything that we can do to have more representation out there and people can see that, you know, polyamory isn't like this weird cult thing um and we are just normal people um and kind of get rid of any stigma and things like that that that's something i want to be a part of 
Well, those are all five of our questions, which is speedily. Well, we did we say we wanted to talk. There was another topic that you wanted to yes, talk about, Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah, so um, of the topics that we were kind of discussing, um, coming out is the one that um, has been rolling around in my mind recently of kind of the the different places and spaces and ways that we come out and the different identities that um, I either disclose or don't disclose and when I do that and where I do that and whom I do that with mm -hmm. has just been really rolling around in my head lately. So I thought that would be a good okay. thing to, to yeah. discuss. Yeah, absolutely. So what have been your current feelings on coming out? So um, I am fairly out as far as polyamory goes um and very out when it comes to um being bisexual and queer um and with you know like I said my my current nesting partner is also a woman and so very out in that as far as that regard and what's been interesting over and since moving here and having now more in different ways to either choose to come out or to not and comparing that to where I was at and how that was working for me previously in that, like I said, very rural community. Um, so where I was, I, I guess I'm privileged in that I work in education and I work in education settings that tend to be um, more accepting. And so for me, I don't have as much of a concern when it comes to my job and and you know, any kind of backlash as far as that goes. Um, but my previous job, like I said, since it was in a very rural, I was concerned. <laughs> um, and, you know, a couple of trusted colleagues knew. And I think I was there a year before finally I was having a conversation with my supervisor and I, you know, just said, we, and she was like, who's we, <laughs> what, what is we? <laughs> and finally told her and she was like, oh, I, you know, wish you had told me sooner that you, you know, you didn't trust me or, and I was like, well, it's not really about that. Um, it's not about you as a person. Um, I was in a fairly forward facing position in the, in the community at, at, within my, my job. And so I was like, you know, I don't have the same kind of legal protections. What if somebody on the board has an issue with with me and my my partners? And, you know, are they going to, is the president going to stand up to them if the board pushes back? Because, you know, again, I'm, I'm a face out in the community. My face is in the newspapers. I, my voice is on the radio. Like, is that going to be a problem? And is the college really going to back me on that? Mm -hmm. And so, um they just had no sense that that was even could be an issue, right? right? And in uh, the state of Wisconsin, um, polyamorous people have no protections. I'm not positive if, if any state does. I don't think any state has protection. Like, if anyone did, I would think it would be, like, California or Oregon. Washington. Or Washington. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But, um, but I don't think that technically any um, right. it's not poly a protected folks class. are protected. Right. Yeah. And right. with morality clauses, which I think is a little bit more common in the Midwest, potentially because mm -hmm. I don't know Catholics like yeah <laughs> um, uh, I feel like that it can definitely leave you open to being persecuted for literally just who you're with mm -hmm. and yeah we are, we are not a protected class exactly yeah so so then I had a conversation with HR and they 
really just wanted to know whether or not I was looking to have my benefits cover another person. It was, like, the only thing that they were concerned about. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that, though. I think that's really the only thing they care about. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, well, is this going money? Right. Yes. Yeah. yes. What is, what are you asking? What do you want us to do? Right. And I was like, I want you to just not fire me. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm asking for. I want you to just, you know, right. not. This is not going to be a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, if my partner dies, that you give me the same, like, bereavement benefit. Like, sure. that's... Right. Yeah. Um, so that it, that went really well, <laughs> actually, okay. as far as all that went. Like, it went really well. Um, everybody at that uh, institution was very supportive, which was really wonderful. And um, so, like I said, just generally speaking, like, um, the three of us were fairly out in our community, just generally, which was awesome. Um, and then moving here, um, in that same time period of moving here was when, um, my still current husband and I were starting to separate, um, and kind of untangle, um, our lives a bit. And so then in starting new jobs and things like that and meeting new people and, um, you know, it's very easy to be like, well, this is my partner. And so, yep, cool. I'm, I'm out and being queer, but then does it, it's like, does it make sense to say that I'm poly when there's not another person to, to introduce as well? Um, and so that was, I guess I just, what is content? What's the context? Right, right. Yeah. And so there's a couple of, again, just a few people at, at work, you know, that know, and, and mostly because I trust them enough to tell them kind of like, all the context and what's going on um but generally speaking because there's not another person then it feels weird to bring it up yeah no I totally get that I mean I was married to another woman for 11 years Mm -hmm. and even you know in a monogamous marriage like you still are looking for the you don't want it to just to be weird, like, yeah, hey, I just want you to know right. I'm a lesbian or I'm bi. Or <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it's anyone's business, so why right. bring it up? And yeah. you right. know, when it comes up in context, like, right. oh, my wife and I, blah, 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 then that's one thing. But, you know, if it doesn't, if there's not a logical context for it to come up, it can feel really weird and right. forced. And yeah. then it's really uncomfortable for everybody. Why are you bringing this up? Like, and I think often with um, monogamous folks, if you bring it up unprompted, they might assume you're like hitting on them. Mm-hmm. So I often just don't bring it up unless, like, straight on asked, or uh, if it if it comes up in like a topic of conversation. I know somebody at the gym recently was like, I think they I think they asked about the podcast or something. They were mm-hmm. like, oh. Um, oh no, it was about the poly group. What kind of group do you run? And I'm like, it's cause I had no like background on her whatsoever. Mm. Uh, it's a alternative relationship support group. And she was like, like poly people. And I was like, oh, why? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like poly people. And she's like, I'm from Seattle. And I was like, you get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think you understand. Yeah. So then I kind of had a little bit of a background on her. I could, I could trust her a little bit more mm-hmm. with that information. And then I was very open because, like, if you're from Seattle, you you know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I had um, kind of a similar situation, oh, God, I don't know, like four years ago or so. Um, I was out in California visiting a high school friend that had been out there now for, you know, a number of years. And said something about, you know, us being poly. And she was like, oh, open or closed. And, and I, I wasn't even prepared to answer these questions because I hadn't experienced that in my rural Midwestern community, yeah. you know, of people, like, understanding 
even what that meant yeah. to then ask an informed question, follow-up question. And I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. This is new. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they get it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it will only happen more often, you know? Yeah. Now that, like, BuzzFeed is doing articles about polyamory, it's mm-hmm. like, well, people know what that means, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. What's been um, also interesting is that so even though at my last, um, the, my last employer and it, everybody was really, like I said, very supportive. Um, and I had a couple of, you know, coworkers that I really confided in a, a, a little bit more about just kind of the everyday life things. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting is that the general support was definitely for the three of us being in a that what people saw as a committed relationship and we all lived together and it looked very monogamy expanded is the only way that I, you know, it's like, Oh, right. Monogamy (laughs) plus. It's like, Oh, okay. You found one other person that you both love and to bring into your life. And that's beautiful. And you know, it was that whole thing. And so, but then anytime that I would, you know, confide in these people or anything about like, Oh, um, you know, this other person that I'm seeing, I'm going to go and visit them. And so, um, my, you know, nesting partner is having some concerns about that, or, you know, we're kind of working through some jealousy that's coming up because I'm going to be gone for a few days. And, um, and then their response would be like, Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be so selfish. Maybe you just like, shouldn't be dating them. Like maybe you should just be concerned about the people that you have, you know, that you live with in your life and not have any more. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of some of the things that I I think are, again, really interesting of like being out and like, what does your particular poly structure look like? And then the responses are very different. Yeah. Too. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. So there's like levels of um, impact of choosing to come out, come out or not, depending on, you know, just, yeah, exactly how you have your own personal relationship structured. Um. And then one of the other things that has been coming up for me too is, so I personally am, you know, comfortable with being out and open. Um, but as far as my partners go, their, their line of work, um, is much more traditional and conservative and has morality clauses and things like that. Um, and so that would be an issue. So for them, um, out as, you know, the two of us being together. So they're out as being as queer. Um, and that's fine at work. So again, it's like, you know, we're at this level of like, right, like you, you can be gay, you can be lesbian, like, that's fine. We're okay with that. Because <laughs> again, protected class. Um, and to the point of even that they're, when they first started, and they were taking like photos and stuff of like new hires that they, um, the photos that they chose to use um, was not just of her individually. It was with me also in the photo. So it's even like, oh, look, we hire diverse people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, we're going to support this. and But then... This I, far. This far. for the Right. Exactly. That's where the line is. Yes. Of like, okay, but yep, you two are committed and you live together and all of those things. And yes... You know, they're right, all... so it's still in a very heteronormative model. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I dated someone in the same profession as your partner, and uh, they were very, very closeted. They mm-hmm. could not talk to their employers or their coworkers. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't. Like, they they felt that um, th- this would jeopardize 
their family, not mm -hmm. just their job, but their life livelihood. Yeah. So, and I understood that. I, I'm not one to, because I'm not closeted in any way, and I have that privilege. I work at a feminist sex toy store that l literally helped found the poly group with me. Um, and I'm out to most of my family, and otherwise they... They're the kind of people that don't listen to podcasts, so I don't really care. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I'm I'm I do feel very privileged to have that uh, opportunity to be as out as I want to be. But um, when it comes to people I date, no, I don't want to be closeted. But I also am like, well, if you have to protect yourself, mm -hmm. I respect that. You, it literally could be your job on the line, and I'm not going to jeopardize that. Mm -hmm. I'm not out at work. Yeah. As Polly, I mean, I'm out as queer because mm -hmm. I was still married yeah. when I started the job. Right. And again, protect a class. Mm -hmm. But I'm not out as Polly, and it's hard for me to imagine what would make me change my mind about that. I mean, I maybe, mm -hmm. but I don't really trust. I I don't trust my management not to be a little bit vindictive. Okay. And you know, I don't think. That would be the real reason, mm -hmm. but I could imagine it being the excuse. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, this is the first work environment I've had where I have felt that way. Um, like, I was totally out in my previous job, and that was, like, I was also becoming a queer parent, which mm -hmm. was definitely boundary-pushing for people mm -hmm. and led to some very awkward and strange conversations. Right. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, you know, there I, I was totally willing to have those conversations and mm -hmm. go there. Mm -hmm. And I think had I been Polly at the time, I probably would at least have thought about it. Mm -hmm. But and I'm out, you know, to my family, too, but not not at work. Yeah, yeah, coming out to family was really interesting because um, I came out as both queer and poly at the same time. <laughs> so uh, they did because of the person you were dating. Because of the person that I was dating was is a woman, yeah. And so even though um, I had had you know experiences with women in the past, um, I had never dated women, and so that. Um, I didn't use the term bisexual for the longest time either for that exact reason and um, used queer because I was like, oh, I'm somewhere in here. Like, I don't really know exactly what this is. Um, but because I haven't dated a woman, I can't use bisexual, right? That's, that, that's, that's the line. Away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, haven't crossed, I haven't crossed the threshold. I don't have enough cred yet to, to use that. And so... Yeah, police are going to come. Yeah, yeah, and actually, that's part of, part of the reason I've um, gone almost backwards of like using um, by instead is like, well, I don't want to erase that piece of it, like yeah. because I'm very much. Yeah, that's a little off topic from the the coming out, but um, yeah, so connects though. Yeah, so coming out to my my mom and um, was it was yeah both at the same time of um, here's this person that's in our life and. We would like them to come to Thanksgiving, and <laughs> that's do you, do you think that they respect your partner as much as they did your husband. That took a little bit of time, um, absolutely. Now, but it, we're going. It's like three and a half years. Wow. Um, yeah. But that definitely took a little bit of time. Uh, my mom's initial response was like, "Oh, I get it. I had that phase too," oh. and it was like, "I don't want to know, but yeah. thanks." <laughs> I get it, it was the 70s, but, um... <laughs> my mom, when I came out to my mother, she was similarly, oh, your dad and I did that, except 
We lied about it. I was like, it's the exact opposite. But yeah. okay, cool. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for trying to relate. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, mom was, and then she thought we were in a cult. Um, she Ooh. was very concerned about that because of sister wives, you know, that, but that's, that's what it was. And <laughs> there was a while where we were talking about, um, you know, potentially having a baby and between, you know, the three of us and what would that look like and how do we navigate that legally and everything else and who does it make sense to carry and who does it make sense to like, right? Like all of those yeah. pieces and that freaked her out too <laughs> of like what are you talking about? I was like, I thought you wanted grandkids. You keep harassing me about having them. I thought you'd be happy. Um, So that definitely, yeah, took took a lot of conversations and time. Um, And, like, my husband's parents, they absolutely had the narrative of, oh, she's a homewrecker, right? Like, she's coming in, the other partner, yes, Um, coming into, you know, the two of you and your marriage and everything. And, I mean... You know, a year and a half later, it was like, well, that home wrecker narrative doesn't really hold anymore. Look yeah. at our home not being wrecked. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Also, I've come into a lot of relationships that were at the end of their rope, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I could definitely be blamed as a home wrecker. And I'm like, I guess I'm just gonna like take that label now. Like, let's reown it because I wrecked a home and then made a new one. Like, come on now, <laughs> this is just remodeling. That's <laughs> 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 uh, very. Fun. So have you ever um, had problems with coming out with uh, two friends? Like, we've talked about family and coworkers, but has it been a problem with friends? I feel like now all of my friends are poly, so I'm in a, I'm in a bubble. But, um, but I definitely, when I was in my 20s, early 20s, had to come out to a lot of friends, and it was awkward at times. But, mm-hmm. but you also just recently moved, so you kind of had to make all new friends. Yeah, yeah. and um, so thankfully yeah, a lot of my new friends are poly because it's from the poly group, so um, that's yeah. been also in the bubble. Um yeah. Yeah, and some of the other friends that I've made since I've moved here um, are definitely much more liberal and open, and so that hasn't been an issue. Previous, like, you know, long-term friends, definitely that took, again, time. When I was in that, like, summer of figuring out the whole non-monogamy and how do we navigate this and trying to talk to some of my college friends about it they were like but you are married in a church like why would you do that like you made this whole commitment why would you ever make that type of commitment if this is what you're going to do and it's like well that was also years ago and I didn't know this was this could be a thing people grow and change surprise surprise I was 21. Wow. Yeah. Oh so God. you're not yeah. a full human yet. I, <laughs> yep. Your brain still was growing. Yeah. Yep. So I got married a month after I graduated college. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty young. Yep. So yeah, very much like grew up in a very small town. Um, both of our families were very Catholic and it was the, you know, you get good grades you go to a good school and then you graduate and then you get married and then you have babies and you have a good job and like that's it and that's your life this is the path that's the script do not deviate yes yes exactly and that me even wanting to deviate caused a lot of of grief for me too and so um yeah again like coming in into my own and finding um, polyamory generally and community and other people who have had similar experiences has again been really really validating and really helpful in kind of letting go of a lot of that um, and letting go of like me beating myself up for following that narrative and following that script because that 
was really hard not to follow. That yeah, was really, absolutely. really hard. To the point of, um, it was a few years after we got married that we decided to uh, concurrently but independently decide to go back to school. And we moved from, you know, our hometown, basically, and to go back to school. And our parents' friends were, like, freaking out, like, why would you do that? Why, how could you How could you leave? How could you leave your parents? You're supposed to be settled down now and, like, having babies. Like, what are you doing? Wow. Like, we got a ton of pushback for, like, me just going to grad school was, was wow. an issue. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was definitely, like, that moment of, like, finally getting enough distance yeah. to also you know figure it all out too for it sure like the healthy path it was <laughs> the there, yeah. yes yes very much so so yeah well um friends from you know high school and college was definitely a bit more difficult to come out to and talk through how that was all going um and I had some friends that chalked it up to oh you got married really young <laughs> so now you get to date, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, and like, oh, okay, so now you're going to do that. Devalue okay. relationships so that they can explain right. it and justify it. Yes, right, yeah. yeah. Kind it, of broke everybody in by coming out and getting married to my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. And so now it's sort of like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we already knew you were, like, on the fringe right, right. and, like, doing things differently, so that's fine, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, ours was completely the opposite script of, like, we were just so very traditional and, like, the, you know, cookie-cutter, you know, hetero, like I said, very Catholic couple. And As far as people could see looking from the outside. As far as everybody knew, yes, absolutely. Even though, from like I said, from the very beginning, as teenagers, we were having these conversations about, like... You know, I'm in, I'm interested in this other person, and like we, you know, it was like, oh, she's really cute. Yeah, she is. Like, you know, we would that kind of thing, or we would flirt with other people, and that was always totally fine. And people thought that was weird that we would flirt with other people in front of each other, and that we were okay with it. And yeah. like, yeah. So there were all the signs were there that mm -hmm. that this would work for us, and then all the pushback. Yeah. So do you have any more advice for maybe people who are trying to navigate coming out on their own? Any, any advice from your lived experience? Mm, that's a good question. Um, have people ready to support you um, because you never really know how that's going to go, right? Um, the people that I thought were going to be really supportive and that it would go really well sometimes it didn't and the people that I was really like prepared for this massive backlash and oh my gosh I'm going to be disowned or you know I'm never we're never going to talk again um were more okay with it than I ever thought that they would be and so I think having at least one other person there that um can support you in either of those situations that you can go to and talk through and um that isn't gonna judge you and say well if you just weren't poly then you wouldn't have to be dealing with this mm -hmm. um is is probably my biggest suggestion is just having that person um if they're if you if, if you don't have that person you know if it's if it's really like the first person kind of coming out to you, I guess would be um finding community somehow so I obviously have had the experience of being in a very rural area and not having other people and having to drive a good hour, hour and a half to a larger city to go to something um, where they were having a, a poly get together and being around other people that way. Um, 
and trying to make that work. And if that doesn't work, the internet. <laughs> the internet exists. Facebook has probably 500 different poly groups. Yeah. Know, just for towns, for states. Yeah. Very, very public ones. Yeah. Yep. And I found one just recently for um, people that are in uh, poly-mono relationships where one person is monogamous and one person is polyamorous and how to navigate that because um, that's a new dynamic for me um, with a new partner. And so... Like, yeah, even now, even as out as I am in the community that I have here, that's great. And the people that I know, like, I needed to seek more specific resources and more yeah, specific support right. community. So, right. And I think sometimes, like, college alumni groups have, like, I found a college alumni group from where I went to school. Like, oh, cool. that's a poly alumni group. Wow. Like, wow. Oh, and it's really, it's like become my favorite place on Facebook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's really cool. You must have gone to a very large school for that to happen. No, but I went to a women's college. Oh, <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, my friend also likes to say that when you're coming out, don't talk about it like you have cancer and you're mm. telling them, you know, talk mm-hmm. about it like it's a good thing and it's yeah. very positive and, uh, and you're not ashamed of it. Yeah. Because you know? then if, if they feel that you are ashamed of it, um, they'll treat you like you mm-hmm. are ashamed of it and should be ashamed of it. So, yeah. So I feel like when people talk about it very... Like, it's a very normal thing, and it's a good thing, and it's a positive thing in their life. People, they get that. They gauge mm-hmm. that, and they, they act accordingly. I think that is so true. Like, if you really are being, like, you are going to be happy for me. You are going to mm-hmm. treat me, like, the same way you've always treated me. This is not a second-class relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, mostly people, eventually at least, will align. Mm-hmm. Like, they might be have a little moment or some time to react but most people will align with that or sometimes if you act like it's not a big deal people are like oh it isn't a big deal you know like mm-hmm. it, right, it right. exactly that's like, another way they'll align yeah my little sister introduced me and my my now husband but we weren't married at the time at a like a barbecue to her friend and this friend worked somehow with my other boyfriend and she was like so hey this is Lindsay. uh you know her boyfriend jay and then she's like, this is her other boyfriend, Rob. And then she's literally just, my little sister looked over at this friend and was like, she's got two boyfriends. And then continued conversation. And this other this other woman didn't even bat an eye. She was just like, okay. And I was hmm. like, what? Is it that easy? Holy shit. And this, I was a lot younger then, but I was just like, okay, I guess it's that easy sometimes. Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She's got two boyfriends. Shrug. Yeah. Like, That's just how it is. Yeah, even like... Um, recently so I mean obviously I went through the whole thing of like coming out to my mom um you know when it came to my nesting partner like I said like you know almost four years ago now um but just recently when I saw her and I was like hey there's these other two people that are in my life now that are important people and I want you to know who they are um and so and it was just this whole again like anxiety producing of like coming out all over again even though my mom knows that I'm polyamorous but again it was that she had the idea in the sense of like oh it's the three of you and then that's it. And so now um, it's like, uh, now I have to tell you that like yeah. it's it's bigger than that, and it's, it's more than that. It's still open, right? even though <laughs> maybe I haven't told you about these. You know, yeah. that this has been going on this whole time. But um, you know, the people are are is important enough in my life that like you may meet them, and I want you to meet them, and I want you to know kind of who they are and what's happening. And so. Um, yeah, I think I phrased it a little bit differently this time around than, like, the first time around. So, for sure, the first time it was, like, I was really nervous and really scared. Oh, yeah. And then this time it could be more of, like, a, 
hey, I want you to tell about this, tell, I want to tell you about this person because they're really important in my life and they're a really great person. Um, and that went a lot better. Nice. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, that seems like a really happy note to yeah. end on. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was. All right, so that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye. Bye.